What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 12 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. With me, as always, is living, dancing Detective Pikachu, Joel DeWitt. I watch more of that dancing Detective Pikachu than I care to admit, to be honest. And today, we welcome new addition, Eric Getty Gettinger. Here comes a new challenger! I'm here to make sure we get the explicit tag every week. Glad to be here and get my game chat on. To continue on that theme, you headed that fried chicken line during the last podcast we recorded, and I honestly can't believe you would fuck me on this! <laughs> well, but, but seriously, seriously, we're glad to have you. Uh, speaking of that little outburst, we discussed the human meltdown that is Randy Pitchford in news, put on our wizard robes and hats in the backlog blog, and discussed the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. But first, Early Adopter, where we play early access alphas, betas, demos, and brand new games we couldn't wait for. Getty, what do you got for us this week? Well, I got hooked up with this uh, little game called Steamhound, and it's a little steampunk battle, kind of like a battle royale. Paint me a word picture. A word picture? Do you like pixels? I, I do like pixels. Joel, you like pixels? I love me some pixels. Some nice blocky pixels, uh, maybe some floating pixels, shooting rays and pulling you in. Okay. Now, is this a combat game? What? Oh, yeah. We got a good amount of combat, but some strategy in it, too. You're, okay. You're looking at a 3v3 combat system. You got mm-hmm. about five classes to choose from. Each one has some unique skills. And abilities and you really want to make sure that everybody matches up so that when you're battling it out you're getting the most bang for your buck okay so they kind of work together as a team yeah team-based combat you're either playing against ai or you're playing some pvp against other people that are also in this beta with us joel you work in a corporate job wouldn't we call this synergy please don't invade my personal life with business jargon <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I've been in a class all day today. I've heard enough of that for one day. So okay, so you you have uh, there's only five characters to choose from currently. Uh, right off the bat, I did want to mention that this is this is super early. Uh, it's just more of a proof of concept as they're currently shopping for developers. So if they find a developer, they'll be able to increase funding, add some more characters and strats and stuff like that. But uh, as far as playing is concerned, is it turn based? It is turn based. How did you know? <laughs> I, pe- I peeked a little bit at this oh no way yeah it's turn based each one of your characters gets a turn it's pretty straightforward not really too fast paced at this point you have to choose your attack move or your buff move and then at the end of your turn you can move your character around and then use what's uh let's see what do they call it like an extra ability. So that extra ability, it's either something like a, a shield, a healing, or like an extra damage if somebody attacks you. All right. I think that the I, I tried a little bit of this, and from the peak I saw, uh, I had an initial issue with the fact that it's a 9x9 nine nine grid on your t- side and their side, and moving, there's no cost to movement, and there's no limitation on movement, so it's not like move one over on the grid. It's just move wherever you want on the grid. Oh yeah, you can move wherever you want. If you're in the top right corner, you can move down to the bottom left without any penalty. Well, the the limitation in it is just the the fact that you cannot move until your turn's ended, right? That that's what I experienced in my couple playthroughs of this. No, oh, yeah, I understand that. I just I feel like that a limitation would make the the actual movement a little more costly and more of a risk reward situation. 
Yeah, like kind of dipping into some Dungeons and Dragons here, but if you're in the front line and you decide that you're going to move out of the radius of attack, you think that somebody would get an attack of opportunity on you. It's not the case here. Yeah, um, and the other part I would like to, that I wanted to note was that there's only five characters and each team consists of three versus three. So there's automatically going to be some overlap as far as a mirror match somewhere on the field. So I think that if they were to add more characters, I think that would be something that I would I would look for. Even at that point... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, The the one thing I would hope they expand on, actually, is just the size of the field. I'd like to see if they could scale it out to have just options for modes where maybe it's an 18 by 18 grid and a 5 or 6 character team battle. And that could add a little bit more dynamic to the battles at play and then variety to what you're speaking to. Yeah, and variety of movesets, because right now your characters only have two basic abilities, and what I forgot to mention earlier is that you can spend your turn focusing, and that'll power you up to do a more deadly move, or maybe a more powerful block for the next move, but you really have to be careful, because if you decide that you're going to focus, and then the other team all outs your character that's focusing, you're going to get left open. Yeah, uh, and, and one of the characters didn't have a basic attack, so the only, at, at one point I got stuck with the only attack I could do was focus and then use an attack that came from the focus move. So not having a basic attack kind of left me stranded and the only because everybody else on my team who were attackers got killed and the last guy I had was just a defensive player whose only attack was a focus. So kind of left me out in the out in the dust, left me hanging for the other team just to pick me off. That just sounds like you picked a bad comp. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I I had made some mistakes, yes. Uh, I like the teammanship, though. I remember one of my characters placed a mine, and then a secondary character was able to take uh, use his chain hook to drag somebody on top of the mine. And I thought that was a neat little combination that worked relatively well in my favor. Yeah, I, w- I would say out of the characters they have so far, there is sort of a diversity of moveset, or at the very least, the different kind of post-turn stances that you can select and the variances of how you need to position each of them to utilize their best strengths or weaknesses. Yeah, because they each have two different stances, right? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, which is the buff or debuff. Then you also have your basic attacks, which there aren't too many. Your focus attacks, which are you have to wait a turn to charge up. And then at the end of a turn, you can move or you can switch up your stance again. So I feel like switching your stance was fun to do and interesting, and it gave you different variations. But I also felt like it didn't feel like it was necessary. I felt like I was doing it for fun and to see what the mechanics were, but I wasn't doing it out of a uh, strategic necessity. So I think that you can make those a little bit more varied using, uh, you know, maybe like uh, poison or, you know, speed debuffs, stuff like that. Well, I know we're talking about an alpha game right now, so we're, we're talking about really early stages of what this is. But you know what really makes me feel like is that this is a pretty competently laid out battle system for what would be part of an, a larger role-playing game. So, like, you think about, like, a PlayStation 1 RPG where they would have the overworld scenes and then you get into the battle and this would be what the battle layout would be like. It makes me hope that maybe if the developer has the bandwidth or ability, they consider fleshing out it with an option to have some sort of story mode. Yeah, it, and it has the ideas of uh, that the the Nintendo RPG. What what am I thinking of, Joel? Uh, the Mana series, or is it another no one? the um, man? I am blanking. What are you talking about? <laughs> Ogre Battle? No, um, um, the one that's like a uh, turn. It's a it's almost like a rock paper scissors. Which I hope we cut all this part. So uh, <laughs> no. the rock paper scissors system. Oh Lord! 
No. Oh, Fire Emblem. It reminds but, me of a. It reminds me of a Fire oh, Emblem. Oh, okay. I I don't feel like it's very. I I guess I could see from that perspective, but no. Each one of the characters' moves uh, definitely complements it. But in Fire Emblem, you're not uh you're not doing the same kind of shifting around, dancing after your turn. You get to move. You get to attack. And you try and use the right attacks against the other characters. So yeah, you got sword, uh, spear, and axe in your standard fire emblem. Oh, but then they start to enter into the magic realm, which I have no uh, idea. Yeah, but but even in, can of worms. but even in fire emblem, the the maps are more expansive, and it's just as, oh yeah the the placement strategy in fire emblem is just as much about trying to position your characters in a way where they're not going to leave themselves open to attack from the enemy team or if you're going to bring yourself out there far enough to be a danger that you damage the target enough to kill it so there, there's there are elements of that here but it's not it's not that analogous in my opinion Oh no, I don't. I don't think it's directly like that. But from my opinion, when you have those, uh, there was one ability that puts fire on one of the tiles, and if there was one that put it across, say three tiles, it would le- you'd give you a tactic to avoid putting all three of your players in a row. You know what I mean? I'm saying is that they could use the space a little bit better in the few, like adding stuff that takes up certain parts of the field and makes it so that you have to defensively place where you like find where you where your characters work best in. That'd be like, a neat element. Yeah. Li- yeah like a fire emblem i still don't know how much that's like fire emblem but yeah i do like i do like what you're pitching here i should i should play those games you should that's that's a yeah you should (laughs) (laughs) uh overall i like this i like this where it's at so far it's got a lot of promise and possibilities where they can go next uh talking to the developer he had mentioned uh, doing a little bit more uh graphics overhaul to that pixel look really refining it down i wonder what he defines as a graphics overhaul because i kind of like the pixelated look and i I would hope he wouldn't maybe go more towards a hand-drawn look of it to be honest i do like the the pixel look if only because it ages well well, well, right, because even, even on the screen here, the characters are sitting on a 3D plane, but they're clearly a 2D image, and so mm-hmm. it has this nice contrast between the background and the foreground because of that. I, yeah, I, I definitely saw something to that effect, and it looked, it looked really nice to me. So, uh, it was a good week to, for us to try something new like that, and as some surprise bonus content, look for an interview with the developer of this game coming soon. But for now... It's time for us to move on to news. See you on the other side of that funky beat. We're back with some news this week bit of a slow news week so uh we got two small stories uh our news segments tend to focus on stories that we feel we have comments on and want to discuss together not all the news but what we like so uh we're gonna start with the detective pikachu movie leak the full movie leaked on youtube we watched some of it on the break what do you guys think well let me tell you when you sent over that uh that link i almost fell for it hook line and sinker I definitely opened it and I was like, "Oh, this looks like it could be it could be the movie." And then got about 20 seconds in and realized that it was nothing but the the most adorable little dance moves from that CGI Pikachu for an hour and 40 minutes. 
<laughs> I I also fell for it, and I I was very happy about it. The <laughs> fact that it had Ryan Reynolds' watermark in the top corner when you started watching it. I I didn't notice that. Yeah, he he's trolling us. Oh yeah. Yes, they they, they gave him full reign after his success with Deadpool. I guess. I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it's the similar kind of marketing strategy. I should say. I, I saw an interview with him where uh, there was two things that caught my attention. One of them was he said that he has enough outtakes to blatantly make the movie R-rated. And we'll never see that. <laughs> I would love to see that. And then the other one was that uh, he was. they had said that Brian Reynolds is, is just Pikachu. And he says, I am from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, Nintendo really are just lightening up. It's like, hey, okay, just get nuts. Uh, apparently it was taken from a key and peel uh, sketch where they were dancing like they were 80s uh, aerobic instructors i saw the side by side and it was it was awesome yeah i had to brush up on that skit really quick to see what the comparison was and it's similar if you're looking at the dance moves Mm -hmm. but the the overall tone is very different Uh, unless you picture pikachu reading these uh giant cards depicting his wife being in a car accident (laughs) (laughs) yeah i should i kind of want to watch that sketch now okay that was detective pikachu movie leak and now let's discuss the human trash fire that is randy pitchford it's it's a long list i know i'm i have the word doc it's close to a full page long i want just some reacts from you guys here let's start with big dick dom daddy now what kind of person has that as their twitter handle also, why would a CEO engage in a Twitter discussion with someone like that in public? Look, to be fair, it is a mouthful, but... <laughs> I see what so, you did there. <laughs> that, is, that's a, that joke had layers. <laughs> say, now say it three times fast. No, my wife's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive to everybody, and I had to say it, and there's two girls in the room I'm in. Eh, they don't count. Okay, they don't count. So uh, he was on Twitter discussing entertainment as a whole, as well as uh, what it could mean for journalists to discuss entertainment and fiction, all with someone named uh, Big Dick Daddy Dom on Twitter, which was very uncomfortable for everybody. Uh, Then he launched Battleborn uh, on his company, uh, because he's a video game CEO person, and he launched a game called Battleborn. This is after he had done Borderlands 1 and 2, he had done Aliens uh, Colonial Marines, the last, the be- the worst Duke Nukem, but Battleborn came out as a. It was it was it almost seemed like people were putting it against Overwatch, right? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I remember when it came out. It came out at the same time as Overwatch, and there were really two schools of thought, and both of them were that Overwatch was better. <laughs> but Battleborn was similar as it was a hero shooter, but then it had missions and a very in depth story. And each of the multiplayer matches weren't just follow the cart or hold a point. They were collecting resources and dumping them and trying to do a defense of the ancients. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah. like a MOBA. Some tower defense in there. You had to try and build these little robots so that they could take a point. Yeah, I remember. So it was it was very interesting and very different. And uh, me and you played quite a bit of that. Too much, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. It, it was it was all right. It was it was an all right game. Uh, I, I, my, I think my favorite joke of that whole thing I've, I've posted to you guys before was that Overwatch had a free weekend the day that Battleborn came out. That's yeah. 
just to make it like super competitive. And Penny Arcade ran a uh, comic strip that said, do you think that Overwatch is really trying to screw up Battleborn? And he goes, I don't know. The Overwatch free weekend was called Fuck You, Randy. So there's got to be some possibility. (laughs) So uh, after Battleborn started to go downhill, he had then posted on Twitter that people were making great amounts of Battleborn porn. I I don't see that. Some of those characters, some of those characters are pretty attractive, if you ask me. Why would you bring that into the public eye? Well, somebody's somebody's got to enjoy it, right? No? Am Am I the only person? I think you added yourself quite a bit there, Getty. Well, I, I got nothing, I guess. That's a mouthful. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so then uh, life continues on, and Randy go, gets into a, a little bit of a war with his close friend who is his chief financial officer, uh, the guy who was supposed to help run all the finances for... Uh, they're, they're, his company's called Gearbox, Gearbox Studios. His chief financial officer starts trying to sue him, saying that he is embezzling money and is in possession of child pornography. That's a whole big sad thing because then he countersues. Uh, it was a whole hubbub. And then he they find someone, he leaves a thumb drive with financial information in a medieval times. They pay to get it back from somebody, but that was the rumored embezzlement you know, information on the thumbstick as well as said pornography. Man, that's some really avant-garde, brave guerrilla marketing from medieval times, you know? He had, he had made reference to uh, loving medieval times. Uh, so then he goes on what I thought was a weed podcast. Correction, it was a magic podcast with a host named Puff the Magic Dragon mm. to explain himself why why he had pornography on a thumb drive. Oh, and this, this next part's amazing. Well, Randy Pitchford is also a known magician. Loves magicians. Well, is, his his t- handle on Twitter is Duval Magic. Yep. And he's been known to throw lavish parties where he will perform close-up and card magic. So when he went on this podcast, this magic podcast, his, his explanation, I don't want to go into it in depth, but he was quoted as saying, if you would have seen what she could do, you'd think it was magic too. I, I listened to that for research. It was <laughs> a lot. Sure. Research. <laughs> It made me uncomfortable. He went into some graphic detail, and the worst part is that the host also seemed very uncomfortable. So all that's good and great, and he is still going. Uh, So we move on with our life, and he is announcing Borderlands 3. He is moving forward. Uh, Well, uh, Also, the first thing, when he announced Borderlands 3, he went out on stage and then said, Hey, I'm going to do a magic trick because you all know I love magic, and gave a wink to the camera. Guy really loves magic. He loves something. Could tell you that so much. So they're really like leaning into it now. That's what I was more concerned about. Uh, and then he went when he is live announcing Borderlands and showing gameplay. He says that there will be no microtransactions in the video game. Fine, but also that you can buy uh, cosmetics. And so Game Informer asked him, "Isn't that microtransactions?" He said, "No, no, no loot boxes. There won't be any loot boxes. There won't be any currencies." But you can still pay for cosmetics. So he gets into an argument with Game Informer magazine, blatantly saying, I can't believe you would fuck me on this on Twitter. Yeah. You with me so far, Joel? Uh, yeah. I, I just... 
I don't give a shit about Randy Pitchford. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I, I mean, I, I've got Borderlands 1 waiting in the wings here, and so I'm, I'm about to learn sometime soon if I should be feeling bad about what's happening to Gearbox, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a little tired at some point about people being big, loudmouth assholes online. He's still he's still going. Apparently, that argument went for two days straight and up to about all hours of the night. Usually, ended around four a.m. And then the voice actor Claptrap is no longer reprising his role in Borderlands Three due to a dispute over money, where he also was quoted as saying, "Randy attacked me physically in a Marriott hallway." Like magicians do, as as a magician would do. So overall, that is the trash fire that has currently been going on with Gearbox Studios and the Borderlands games. So I, I didn't know this, but I heard today that uh, the Claptrap voice actor was actually a Gearbox employee at the time. So like, I don't I don't know what the pay structure of something like that was, but I, I didn't know if that was a regular practice or not to have your employees do the voice acting instead of some sort of professional artists. I think it's been it's been done before. I, I also want to say that I think the the voiceover lady who was guiding you and narrating your story throughout the first game worked there as well. Gotcha. I don't think she was. I don't think she was a professional. But he was also not getting paid for that work. So I think the dispute came from when they were discussing that, and he didn't want to get. He didn't. He never got paid, and then he kind of asked for it, and they kind of they gave him the boot. Well, well, look, Rule 34 subreddits cost a bit of money to set up, and you know, embezzling $12 million isn't quite enough to fit the bill. You have to slash funds where you can. Just have less magician parties. Just spend less on magicians. Or maybe uh, cut back a bit on the USB drives and look into cloud saving. Yep, and again, less on magicians. So, overall, that was uh, one giant dumpster fire. Let's uh, shake that off and let's dance like a Pikachu into the next break. How was your guys' break? I know I shook my Pika tail. Time to head into the vlog. Nope, I got a nope on that one. That was bad. That was a quick attack. Oh. Uh, that was better. <laughs> that was that was better. Okay, now onto the blog where we play the games we meant to play like two years ago, but never got around to it. The backlog blog. Okay, so this is a big one. This was requested by a certain friend of the site, Kevin Hartwig, and it's just a lot. It is Divinity Original Sin 2. Getty, tell me about your 10 hours that you have played in the first few chapters when it took me 19 to get out of that first act. I See, the chapters, I haven't had much of a problem making my way through. Yeah, rub that in. Yeah. I, well, it, you're talking about chapters or acts? Because the chapters, as long as you plug along and you try and figure out what you're doing, uh, I haven't found them to be so bad. And... I'm a little surprised that it's taken you so long. Have you been dying a lot? Yes, quite quite a bit. Well, let, let's start with what Divinity Original Sin 2 is. Top-down, old-school, turn-based RPG. Uh, spiritual successor looking like to Baldur's Gate, where it is you and a party going and adventuring and getting into quests, turn-based combat, but very heavy into D&D systems 
where you can, say, have somebody with a skill that you could talk to animals. So now rats have storylines that you can interact with. Or somebody can transform themselves to look like somebody else. So now you can use these as options for communications and, you know, dialogue choices, but also ways to get around certain quests to make things happen. You... There's a, you could do kind of close to anything. The game gives you a lot to work with. But I, apparently I'm just bad at it, Getty. It's, it's really about strategy, and you've really got to pick your battles effectively. You don't want to just run in and start trying to hack and slash through everyone. It's, it's, you're going to have a bad time. You have to split your team apart, which you can do, and like flank enemies. I'm trying to think of what else. You've... I found that I really have to use choke points. Find where people need to come out and just sit there. That's a good strategy to have. I I personally, I don't know about anybody else, but I found the teleportation gloves, mm-hmm. and I have just been milking that for every penny that it's worth. So what the teleportation gloves allow you to do is you can just pick up objects, you can pick up characters, you can pick up pretty much anything and drop it somewhere else. So... I was having a hard time trying to get to these treasure chests that were obviously placed around the map so you couldn't run up to them. And then, like an idiot, use the teleportation gloves and lo and behold, you can pick up your character, drop them over by the treasure chest, get the loot. And that really helped me to get some good gear for my characters early on. Right, so in the midst of the battle, really, you have a commodity called action points. And it basically is the amount of turns slash different moves you can play for a character in that turn. So as you're choosing to move your character, it'll show you how many action points it takes to walk from where you're at to where you want to go as you move the cursor. And similarly, when you're trying to select an attack or a move on your taskbar, it'll show you how many action points it'll cost as well. So that's the limited resource you have to play within. And to your point, Daddy, having those teleportation gloves means that you can have one character use that move and it reaches pretty decently out and plop another character who might be more focused on melee attacks nearby so they don't have to waste Mm -hmm. their action points on their turn and they can use their time to make effective moves to lop their head off. Yeah, you get that sneak attack in, which is really clutch if you've got a rogue in your party. Right, so the sneak attack is when you're positioned behind an enemy and do a melee move, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But let's not forget about... This is my serious pet peeve with every battle that I've had so far. And you guys tell me if you've had the same experience. But the battle starts, and literally in the first one, two actions that the opponents have, they start a giant blaze on top of your character. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) Every damn time. And I've started to get aggressive and do it to them. I, I just can't cope with it. It's always my characters are on fire. I found that I become a hoarder. So I have all of these. I just start collecting barrels. So I've, <laughs> I've actively taken a barrel, thrown it at an enemy, and then set it on fire. Yeah. It's a good approach. Hmm? Uh, my, my experience with this game is that this game does not give a shit about you. You just have to focus and figure out what you're trying to do the the difficulty challenges from the start and it just does not let up and i'm always for me every combat scenario i'm just inches from losing it all and it could be wiped out and that's an hour of progress but it's it's so in depth with its its skill tree and where you put points in and what new abilities you learn i've also found that uh 
reskilling up and skilling up your characters, which you can reskill at any time, takes about half an hour for me at least. Mm. I haven't tried yet. Yeah, I think I think the other thing too is that if you find yourself in an area where you are under leveled compared to the enemies around you, it makes it a lot harder. And some some games you can strategize above that and get through it but this is one where i think you and i both alex got stuck at the end of act one with that final battle where the giant worm starts appearing and part of my problem was that i just i wasn't at the right level to approach it and so i took i took kevin hartwood's advice and i just went back to where the camp was and started slaughtering npcs where i could find them so i could get a level bump and that's where i needed to get over the top to be able to be effective in that battle those poor npcs that I, I did the same and then I still need he was he was uh couch, he was couch coaching me the entire way to try to figure out that one that that end to get out of that act where a giant uh, ethereal worm comes out of the ground and just starts spitting unholy toxin ground stuff all over your characters which was fantastic I must say mm-hmm. and yeah daddy doing that really killed my RP on uh, this playthrough <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> People do not like when you just go to go around and slaughter people. Oh man, they really don't like it. But that, but that was the only way to go. Is just like, oh, I gotta grind some more and figure that out, or just probably get good and learn strategy. You gotta play smart. You gotta start using your skills. Combo. Get some oil on the ground. Light some stuff on fire. Sneak attacks. See, you gotta see. You gotta play D and D, basically. See, you you were complaining about every battle starting with the fire. That's what the NPCs are thinking every time they encounter you, too. Ho- holy shit! <laughs> he just every time he just throws the barrel and lights it on fire. And every- why are we on fire again? Well, Alex has a sordid past with fire, so <laughs> I just started playing D and D about a year ago. I'm still learning, so I'm getting better. I think hopefully one day it'll eventually transfer down to Divinity Original Sin when I make mm-hmm. it to the end of Act 2, 45 hours later. How many acts are in there? Do you know? No idea. Hmm. Do you guys think that you will continue down playing with this one? For sure. You think? I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I'll, about you? I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, it it's, not, it's not that I don't enjoy it. It's just, it's just a time commitment that is uh, a little challenging depending on what the rest of life is going on right now. And, you know, I, I end up having to sort of play in half hour to hour bursts and then making several saves every 10 or 15 minutes, make sure I make incremental progress, even if it's in small jumps. Alex, do you want to talk to, to us about your uh, little tryst you had at the end of Act 1? <laughs> I you, you can have conversations with each of your party members, and it enhances their story and it moves it forward because, uh, like a D and D campaign, every single one of your party members has their own stories that they're moving along with. And I misclicked, and I clicked on my skeleton sorcerer, and I it opened up a dialogue choice. And I wasn't paying attention, so I was actually just trying to get out of it. Like, oh, he, I don't want to talk to him right now. And I tried to click out, and all of a sudden it popped up. And says. Oh, you 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 want to have sex right now? I said, w- wait, what? The game just said that was a conversation choice you can make in this game. I was like, well, he's a skeleton, so the answer is obviously yes. Mm-hmm. Did, did did you uh, did did he take you to the bone zone? Yep, the bo- mm-hmm. bone zone. Uh, he, he took you on a ride on top of the uh, ivory tower. Bone City. Uh, I don't know. I I think I'd like to continue with this game. It just it's because it always feels like I'm on the verge of the breakthrough about figuring it out and be like okay now i know what i'm doing 
I know what I'm, how it needs to work. I understand these systems. I have a plan of attack. It's just really just so close to out of my reach. Well, I mean, that that's one of the things that's so engaging, but also kind of exhausting about it sometimes is that there are, aren't really many like trash mob battles that you encounter. Most of them, you need to have your attention to it, strategizing against it. Otherwise, you can easily fall into a trap of just getting demolished. Yeah, and I don't think there's any respawns of, of character of uh, enemies. No, I don't believe so either. Mm. Not that I've seen. So I think it is one of those situations that you need to get what you can out of it and then just hope that's enough and start learning as opposed to trying to brute force, which is what obviously we're trying, Joel. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm learning along the way and I even you know was informed the last time I played about how there's different defense types that the enemies have. So like there's a magic defense meter and a like general defense meter that enemies have and you have to build that beat down that shield with the damage type in order to get to their core health and really if you have a mixed team where half of them are melee damage and the other half are magic damage it, it makes things harder because you have to hone in and focus the magic types against an enemy to take it out quicker and melee types on another enemy together and it, it in some ways kind of limits how you can team your teammates up to take down a fight yeah it's all about strategy guys also i don't know how many different approaches you tried during the first the first chapter mm-hmm. well to try and get out of fort joy but mm-hmm. i was able to find at least three four different ways that you could do it you could obviously fight through all the prison guards which seems like you guys were going right along with uh, you can try and free the guy that's locked in the cage you can make a deal with the resistance that's actually in the city guard. Or there's this crazy guy that uh, you have to find by playing hide-and-seek with a kid. And then he takes you to a different area where there's a skeleton who's got a spear sticking through him. And if you unimpale him, then he gives you another quest. So basically, you should save save a lot so that you can play all these different variations you see i tried to go the route of not fighting all the guards and i forget which one it was but it took me down a path where the guy was leading us to a place and he had us teleport him to a spot and then we teleported him and he ran off like a Mm. dick and and then i had to (laughs) then i had to just basically go back and slaughter all the guards anyway because i was fed up with trying to be smart about it i found uh, a way into the dungeon yeah. And there was the head torturer there who he's just one of the guys who just would love torturing victims and I used the skeleton to talk to him and they both like to torture people I guess and because they both like to torture people they became friends and then he said okay exits over there. Well I mean the, ste- the skeleton guy has uh, like a face ripper item. <laughs> I mean yeah. he 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 does has no bones about it. I think you show it to him the torturer and he's like oh that's pretty sweet. I got something like this. And they just compare notes for a minute. And then they're like, okay, he says we can go. The The point of killing all the guards was later when we're like, oh, well, I need more experience. Better go back and just into the fort. I, I thought you would be able to fight your way in the uh, battle arena. I thought you could fight your way out, but that never happened to me. No, but you, you beat the arena, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's all you had to do. Okay. It gives you the added bonus of being able to take your collar off. Oh, okay. I, I think I had it removed by then as well. No, oh, there you go. I think that I, I'm going to continue with this one, though. I, I just pick at it. Just poke it again yeah. and see see what sticks and what doesn't. 
I just got to the big open world that you're supposed to be able to explore, but I haven't gotten that far yet. With how much there is there, there might be value in coming back for uh, another touch base down the line once we've both gotten some time devoted to it. Yeah, just discuss where we've gone so far. But my feelings on this last convo are exactly how I feel on Divinity. It's a lot. Uh, I vote we hit the last break and come back with two bonus segments. The Fantasy GG Draft and What's Your Beef? Fantasy GG Draft, a segment where we discuss our ideas behind internet jokes and questions on what we'd like from the internet. This week, Getty wanted to talk about the Smash Brothers Cinematic Universe. I've seen this meme going around. Yeah, I hadn't seen it before. It was in one of the chats that we have, and I was intrigued by the logic here, and also infuriated by some of the movies that they would suggest. Meaning Same. that they would they would use some of the old, like the Mario Brothers movie? No, I don't think that they would use the Mario Brothers movie. I think they'd create a new one, mm-hmm. which, if done correctly, it stands to be pretty good. It all depends on, I guess, the success of maybe Detective Pikachu. But honestly, could you imagine an Ice Climbers movie? What, would that be just Cliffhanger with Stallone, but two kids? Two kids with giant hammers that shoot ice? I'd be okay with that. And you see, I don't know that. they do the thing where he's hanging off the rope, reaching down, holding on to the other one. And then one of them falls off and has to fight the rest of the match. That's what I'm saying. So it's basically just the first Captain America movie then. Yeah, I guess after he loses Bucky. <laughs> is, no, is the, but, is the but, pink uh, or the blue one Bucky? <laughs> uh, the pink one, obviously, because you can still fight as the Ice Climbers if the pink one dies. I, that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> I could but, uh, I could see some benefit of a Mega Man movie. I could get down on Mega Man, but I feel like they would try and humanize him, and he's not about being human. He's, he's about being a super fighting robot. I also feel like Mega Man is like the Spider-Man of the Nintendo Cinematic Universe, where somebody else owns him, but people associated with the rest of the group. So like they got to make the late series deal to get him integrated into the last couple of big compilations. I guess, yeah, I guess yeah. But uh, I, he's all about that rock and roll. <laughs> I had to get that in there. I apologize. Uh, well, since he does have that uh, one adventure with Bass. Yep, not Bass. Bass? <laughs> <laughs> Is that your Phoenix Down moment? Or did you actually know that? What? Huh? That, that it's Bass because of rock, rock and roll? Ah, uh, that's the joke. Okay. Thank you. No, well, there was some people who didn't realize what Phoenix Down meant, where it's Phoenix Down as in the feather, like down coats. Yeah, like down. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't know that, but I was also a dumb preteen when I first started playing Final Fantasy games, so I I wouldn't have known better at the time. Yeah, I didn't think I found out until a couple of years ago. Uh, what other movies would you be interested in, Getty? Well, some of the ones that have already upset the cast here are Sonic the Hedgehog. I like Sonic. He's fine. Uh, they're, Getty, they're gonna fix Sonic. It's okay. 
they're they're gonna <laughs> fix him. Yeah, it only took a bunch of uh, the whole internet to explode in order to get him to fix. Twice, him. I'm still so sad about twice. Still... It was twice they had the scream because they they had the release of like that style guide and the poster where people lost their shit. <laughs> <laughs> like months ago and then finally they showed the trailer and that, that was the point they tapped out i'm still so sad about that because their redesign mean that's going to be increasingly expensive which also means that we're not going to get a sonic 2 they can't get a success out of that well if phase three happens of this whole scheme it'll be mario versus sonic so hmm. you can always look forward to that he'll ride the coattails of all these super mario movies that i'm looking at all right, I'm, I'm into that. I still kind of want that Daisy with the gun at the end of uh, Mario Brothers One. <laughs> uh, Yoshi yeah. being a literal dinosaur. Yeah, he was cool. Oh man, their stage song could be "Everybody Do the Dinosaur." Mm, I think you'd have to pick something else. Damn it! What other songs does Coolio have? <laughs> <laughs> no, they should use "Dancer's Paradise" again, but just have it be like a really slow, somber, super serious tone one. What, Get somebody else to record it. What if they just use Gangster's Paradise all the time? Ugh. Give me the ska version. I'll take a ska version of Gangster's Paradise. But, I mean, some of these movies I, I would definitely see. They slate a Legend of Zelda movie, Metroid, mm-hmm. looking at Star Fox. But I don't know how you would try and incorporate all of these together. I, it says the Super Smash Brothers universe, but really... I, How would you even make that movie? Uh, I th- hmm. Okay, hmm. here's how you do it. You make individual movies. Uh, obviously, pay, pay, play it off their strengths. So you make a Star Fox movie that is like Star Wars or, you know, just a little... Do you get the tie-ins at these where the other characters make appearances? Because no. Because it's not really the no. case of Super Smash Bros. Okay, and then you ahead. just use the Super Smash Brothers story like Lego movie. D- did you know there's a story to Super what? Smash Brothers? exactly that they're all toys yeah yeah Yeah. so (laughs) So if you just have that as the as the theme like lego movie you're you're pitching this yeah i think that would should we yeah you just should we call nintendo it would have the same it would have the same voice actors and them acting the same but at this point now it's an overhead like kid playing and they have an adventure which just as a side note saw lego movie 2 last night it was okay it was uh, it was not bad yeah i agree it was just okay Mm. Anyway, I think that you could put them together like that. I, it would feel pretty lazy. Do you need the story? Do you need a reason for them to all interact? If you have, what am I looking at, almost 15 movies, you would imagine that at some point, outside of the Super Smash Brothers, they would interact. At least I hope that they would. I just, I just feel like a Kirby movie would be horrifying. Oh, I would see a Kirby movie. But there's no hero there. He just eats people. Uh, yeah, that's hero enough for me. <laughs> they should go. I aspire to be like Kirby. They, they should go the Venom route and have it be like uh, some person being consumed by the Kirby, and then the whole movie him trying to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. How how could he live with himself knowing he eats people? We are Kirby. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Think of all those cool powers you could have, though. Yeah, you could de- no. you could definitely get some cool hair and some cool colors. What is the who okay, let's do the lineup again. What is the Smash Brothers original lineup? Okay. So this is what we're looking at and we'll post it to social media afterwards so everybody else can take a glimpse into this wonderful universe. So we got Detective Pikachu leading the way. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Sonic the Hedgehog, 
Super Mario, mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda, and then a surprise move of Pokemon Red and Blue. All right, that closes out with Super Smash Brothers. That's Phase One. See, I would jumping in. I would have gone. Yeah, go I would have gone with the the original number of guys. But you're saying that they're making these movies already. Uh, I have no idea if they're really making any of these movies. Oh no, it's oh, okay. all it's all bullshit. Don't. <laughs> Okay. No, I, I imagine that the first two are real. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know they are. Oh, yeah. Okay, Sonic conti- is very real. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue the pitch. All right. Phase two Super Mario Brothers. We go back to Legend of Zelda, but this is Ocarina in Time. Of Time. Whoa. Pokemon Stadium. Metroid. Now a second Super Smash Brothers. This one titled The Master Hand. Mm-hmm. And then close it out with Mega Man. All right, phase three. We go back to The Legend of Zelda, Majora's Mask, Super Mario World. We're opening it up really big there. Star Fox, Metroid Prime, Mega Man, and Bass. (laughs) And uh, Mario vs. Sonic. (laughs) You like that? I do like that. They go to the Olympics. (laughs) Uh, Maybe they have a battle at the Olympics. Uh, That'd be too good. I guess. So... I, I would definitely uh, see something like that. I just feel like that's oh that's that's a lot of risk. It's hard to get them all to to be the right you know the right way to be. Well, which one's gonna be a hit? You know what I mean? Hopefully, Detective Pikachu. But yeah, the the early reviews are it's really good. Yeah, I mean th- this this whole joke is is on the premise of it being like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like the Detective Pikachu would have to be like the Iron Man of the series where Detective Pikachu himself has to be ephemeral to all the Pokemon episodes as well as like making cameo appearances and like side billing in other movies, right? So it's going to be like, oh, uh, Metroid, but somehow Detective Pikachu found his way in outer space <laughs> fighting, uh, you know, the Metroids. Yeah. yeah, you know, to solve a space murder. Yes. Or a space abduction. I love space abductions. I sort of wonder how you frame like the Super Smash Brothers movies theoretically, right? Because like the, the the Master Hand, the one with the subtitle "The Master Hand" implies that like he doesn't make an appearance in the first one. So what would the first one be about? Or would it just be like a a mashup rivalry of the first Phase One movies? And who would and who would be the lead of Pokemon Red and Blue? Red. I <laughs> the characters red and blue. Maybe it depends on what theater you I would see hope, it. Yeah, I would hope it would be a, a little bit more clever than that, but I don't know. I feel like Super Smash Brothers would end on a cliffhanger where everybody's fighting and then they realize that they're not really supposed to be fighting against each other, and that's when you see the shadow of the master hand out in the distance doing the wiggly fingers at you. Spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. Yes. I could I could see something like that. They they got to fight first a bunch and make a plot device for why they're fighting. I just it's it's so hard to get around the interplanetary stuff though. Mm. Yeah, I mean they. I don't know. They they never clarify what world Pokemon is on or. Uh... Well, I'm more I'm more focused on the fact that Metroid's going from planet to planet, yeah, and so... Star Fox Star Fox. I think Star Fox and Metroid are easy to like run into each other. Sure, but you, you could sort of say the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy and you know the Earthbound. Mario, or Mario, uh, Marvel characters. You know? Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, there, there has to be some sort of unifying aspect that brings them together. That, that's the whole uh, conceit of it, is that there's some universe-level threat that compels all of them to congregate in one spot. Like the master hand. No, the crazy J- hand. J.S. Fingers. 
I, I don't even know what monstrosity they call the one from uh, Ultimate. That whole that whole cinematic where for the single player mode where they show everybody being snapped except for Kirby. That was cool. Yeah. Kirby's the lone survivor. Kirby is like the Captain Marvel of uh, of Nintendo. All powerful. I think that's a little bit of a reach. <laughs> Even though being a staunch Kirby supporter, I don't know that he's that powerful. All powerful. Kirby. He is everything that is Kirby. <laughs> yeah, I could. I see. I think that that's what you would go is that you would use the ultimate villain first, and then throw in a master hand was behind it the whole time, a la in Avengers yeah. one. I want the last Super Smash Brothers just to be literally all the Nintendo characters beating up a child. <laughs> but that child is real smelly. <laughs> yeah, that makes Why? it okay. <laughs> they need to shower. Well, I mean... Okay. <laughs> like, in a, like a grown human child yes. and they're all the toys and they're beating up their owner? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that needs to be what it turns into. It, it's basically like a live-action toy story. Except the the toys are uprising against Sid. Kirby just yells, this is a loose metaphor for losing your childhood. (laughs) I think we got it, guys. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. We peeked out on that one. Next one is, what's your beef? This is a place for us to air some grievances we may have with a specific topic. And let me tell you, Joel is pissed. Joel, tell me. Which so, beef? Uh, I preface this with, with uh, apologies to Alex Ramos, who doesn't listen, but uh, we've had debates off and on about how good or bad Nintendo's online service has been. And uh, I guess maybe I just haven't had enough experience with it until recently because, man, it is bad. Uh, and, and namely, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is, namely, is what I'm talking about here. So ever since Joker came out, I've started dipping my toes back in the water of getting into the online matchmaking. And first of all, I hate the online queuing system. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for context, uh, the Wii U version, it, it was laughed about at the time, but they had two different section off parts. It was uh, for fun and for glory. And okay. it worked great. And all it really was was the for fun stuff was items unlocked, uh, custom play sets, and rule sets. Mm-hmm. And uh, multiple, you know, two to four players, fine, go for it. And then the and the levels were as they were intended. And then the for glory is like the super serious Fox only Final Destination kind of stuff where uh, no items available. Every level was a flat plane surface. And people were treating it as if it were a, a fighting game. And, okay. and that works pretty well. Because, like, you know, sometimes you want to have fun. Sometimes you want to pretend you're going to have glory and get your butt whooped. But at least you're, you know, feeling like it's something a little more serious. Cool. Uh, don't don't we all? Yeah. I, 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 I want the glory. I never got the glory, but I want it. Uh, but the queuing the of the matchmaking here is just you go into a general matchmaking queue and it's you can set a preferred rule set. But you're not guaranteed it. Number one. So Weird. Like, I could I could put my rule set to no items, taking it super serious. But if there's not a matchmaking component they can find for it, they're gonna group me up with the goofballs wanting to play it like the game it actually is, and that sucks because even though it was a little rigid, it was at least clear in what you wanted to do before. You yeah, know? Hate, not have fun. Yeah. Right, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one way to look at yeah. it. Well. It, Sometimes you don't want to have fun. Sometimes you just want to win, damn it. Uh, nice. Which I still don't do. But anyway. Uh, 
the other thing is that the connection is awful. Like, I would just select the option to try to choose your character, and I've had times here where I would get disconnected in the character select screen and sent back to the main menu. And it would be like a three or four times of going through that before it finally went through and it queued me up against some other matchmaking group. Like, like what the hell am I paying $20 a year for if you can't figure out consistent, stable matches with something resembling a smooth frame rate? Because just, it would get to that and then for when it finally connects, it, it just like stutters and stammers and grinds down to a halt if there's anything more than 1v1 on it. And man, I... They, they've, this is the third Smash Brothers game they've had with online. And, and, and yeah. somehow, in every single way, they've taken a step back with the matchmaking tools, the, the consistency and connection. And, and I can't figure out if it's like there's just so many more people playing this one that you get people from all over the world who maybe have less stable internet, which I don't think I've got great internet, but it's acceptable. Or just that Nintendo's in a, you know, fuck you, pay me mode and just doesn't give a shit and knows that you'll suck it up and take it. And, I mean, I will note that the times that we've connected to play with Ramos, mm-hmm. it seemed pretty stable enough. So it's not yeah. it's not like the tools don't exist for it to, to work okay, but it's it's like any time that you connect outside of dedicated friends, it, it, it goes all tits up, and I don't, I don't understand it. I've, I've only done a little bit, but I haven't had this kind of experience as you have. Yeah, well... I mean, mine's been a little choppy, but... Uh, I just, the sad part is I've only gotten 1v1s, so I, that also could be it, you know? That could be it. And I'm, I assume that adding every extra person adds a layer of complication to how they level the load between people's internet connections and, and consistency and frame rate, but it, it gets to a point where it'll be literally unplayable. And then the worst part is that you start picking up bad habits when you're playing online because you will try to account your inputs to the delay that you're experiencing and then you go to play offline and it, it, it sticks on you with like your response time which like again i sucked at this game i accept that i sucked <laughs> at the game i'm not saying that like this is keeping me from pro level but i want to suck on my own terms you know damn joel yeah i'm sorry <laughs> I, I i don't play online and i feel awful yeah. getty is is apologizing to you about from nintendo no i'm, I'm actually thinking that we should rename this segment nerd rage not a bad idea. Thanks. I'm gonna. Thanks for that. I'm gonna write this one down. Well, <laughs> uh, seem pretty upset. Yeah, I haven't uh, had too much of a as the same experience, but I have experienced choppiness here and there. But I guess that's what you get for twenty dollars for a year. The, then they, they need to they need up to add price. They need to add Super Nintendo games if they're not gonna fix their internet. <laughs> I was just gonna say they just need to. You know, make it $30 a year and then just make it decent, you know, use good servers and have good net code for it. You know what I mean? But, but Alex, I've been playing Nintendo stuff for a long time. They're not going to fix it. <laughs> they're, they're I know. Just, they're just going to take more money. <laughs> so I, 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 I know what the truth is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Joel's turning on Nintendo. No, I'll, I'll be playing it tonight. There it is. There <laughs> it is. I heard it. And with that, it will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where uh, next week we will start Metal Gear Kevin, Solid Heartwake 1. 
Uh, we're going to have our friend Kevin Hartwig streaming Metal Gear Solid. He's going to be going through that game, and uh, we're going to be providing commentary along the way and give updates and just enjoy the ride. Also, I think I might throw a little bit of hosting duties over to uh, my friend Steve, who has been streaming some Skyrim, where he has been narrating with a calm, soothing Bob Ross voice that makes me so very happy. I think last time he chopped wood for about 45 minutes, and I couldn't turn it off. Uh, Getty Joel, you guys going to be streaming anything this week? Not that I know of. Okay. I think I'm going to go back onto the Just Dance train and try to see if I can actually set that up so we can stream it. I, I might jump into a game on Xbox Game Pass since I re-upped that for a dollar a month or so ago, and then consequently haven't touched it since. So we'll, we'll see, but I'll, I might pick a night where I spend a few hours online. Sounds like a plan. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. Provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening and GG, guys. Good game. GG. Your mm-hmm. intro had a mention about homework. The homework. Yeah, you want to re-record that one uh, after this? Yeah, well, at the end. Let's, yeah, let's we'll, do that. we'll re-record that one. Okay. Where did the homework go? I, I took it out. I felt like we were getting to a lengthy time. We kind of punt things here and there. Just like, okay, move it to the next one. Uh, real quick, I have I got something to say about that. Joel, you said that before. You said we should punt it. Is that... Is that corporate speak? I didn't say I wasn't part of the problem. I just that. I just, I, I was in a meeting with a bunch of engineers and there was a project manager going over the steps and he kept saying that too. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what Joel meant by pundit. Well, I, I, I know what it means, but they used it in as a corporate product management verbiage. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it, you know, it, it sort of seeps into your skin like poison. <clears throat> <laughs> it's just, you know, you're, you're inoculated to it at some point.